What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Dirty Blondes. All right. So in typical hot mess, dirty blonde fashion, your girl fucked up her schedule again. So you're just getting a little mini episode for me this week. And that is also why it's late. (laughs) So I was in Dallas this past weekend with Sam, who is my best friend from college, We don't live in the same state anymore, so we always try to do a girl's trip every year in a new city that neither of us have been to. And as a side note, if you live in different cities than your friends and you like to travel, I highly recommend these types of trips. We have the best time catching up in person, but we're also experiencing new things together, which is way nicer than sitting around our hometowns going to the same places we've been to a million times. So anyways, I left last Thursday to go on this trip and the trip already started off chaotic on my end because the guy that I mentioned in episode 66, who stayed at my house for like three days, a couple weeks ago, decided to come over the night before I left. So he knew that I was going on the trip and he knew that I had to leave for the airport at like 630 in the morning and he's a night owl. So I figured that he would probably just stop by for a little bit and then head home. But of course that didn't happen. So when he came over, I wasn't finished packing yet, but I took a break to chat with him because I didn't want to be rude. So he was asking me all the details of the trip and was joking around that he wanted to come, but suggested maybe that we take a trip sometime, which even though he said it in a joking manner, I was surprised that he suggested it since we're still getting to know each other. But hey, maybe if he plays his cards right, he can throw his hat into the sugar baby ring or something. And it was funny because he also jokingly asked if I was going to hook up with a bunch of guys while I was there. And I laughed and I said, it definitely wasn't that type of trip. Sam is engaged and I'm definitely not the type of friend to leave my friend or friends for just a fling in another random city. So he said to me, he was like, well, I don't care if you do. And I was like, I also don't care. You know, like, obviously, like, I'm going to do what I want. But I think he was just kind of like indiscreetly trying to find out where we stand with each other, because obviously, we spend big chunks of time together. So the conversation continued, and we chilled and watched TV, and it eventually got later and later. And then he didn't feel like leaving. And so he just stayed. And I was like, look, you can chill here and watch TV and sleep and whatever. But I have to stay up and finish packing. And you got to leave when I'm leaving for the airport. So I started throwing everything I had laid out on my bed into my suitcase, hoping I didn't forget anything, which obviously I forgot a fuck ton of things like my sunglasses, for example. And the thing about me with traveling, especially on these types of trips, I put a lot of time into my outfits. I don't believe in comfort and looking like a tourist when on vacation in like cute little chic cities. I will buy an entire new wardrobe and plan outfits around the city or the restaurants we're going to or the activities that we're doing. Like I plan ahead because obviously everything has to be like perfect on Instagram and whatever. And I do like to dress nice. So any opportunity for me to go shopping, I'm definitely taking advantage. Like one of my proudest travel moments was when I was in Rome and an American couple approached me thinking that I was Italian and they were trying to ask me for directions. And to this day, I like, I love telling that story, even though people are not like they could give two shits about it, but I just... That's shit that I like. So anyways, so I get packed up and I wake him up. He helps me to my car with my suitcase and gets that all settled. And then we made tentative plans to hang out for when I got back. And then we were both on our way. So I got back Sunday afternoon and I was so tired that I really didn't contact anyone besides my mom to just let her know that I was back in town and home safe from the airport. But he ended up texting me on Monday morning to hang out either that night or Tuesday. So I told him to come by Monday night, not knowing that he was going to stay at my place for three days again. And I live alone. So it's kind of nice having someone around for that long, especially when I know that he eventually has to leave. 
And we're both not clingy with each other when we're not together, but we're pretty consumed in each other when he's here. Like when I got to Dallas, he texted me to make sure that I arrived safely and wished me a good time, but we didn't talk the whole trip. And then when he's at my place, he'll be on his phone, obviously, but he definitely dodges a lot of communication from the outside world. And I explained to him too, that I don't care if he needs to take phone calls or respond to text messages or whatever, but he just gets back to people whenever he wants. And honestly, I'm kind of the same way. John texted me at one point earlier this week and was like, are you alive? (laughs) And Desiree, my boozy bestie and fellow cougar, had sent me this really sweet text message earlier this week. And my dumbass took a whole day to respond to her because I was in a layover between Lover's Lane and Poundtown. So I finally got back to Desiree and I told her what was going on and she asked for all the details. So I did. And she was like, wait, is he a hobosexual? So her fiance had told her that it's a hookup who's just looking for a place to crash, which I would have possibly questioned his intentions if I hadn't seen text messages between him and his mom and his sister. So he's definitely not a homosexual, thank God. But I was appreciative of the concern because it is crazy when you hear that someone stays at your house for that long and you like don't really know them. I think part of the reason why he hangs out here so much is because he likes to be away from his family. And I think he likes being off the grid from his friends sometimes. He always comments how relaxing and comfortable it is in my place because there's like no chaos, there's no pets and, you know sisters and brothers and all that kind of shit. So I think that makes him not rush home. And then obviously the home cooked meals and sex don't hurt either, but he's very sweet. He's big into like the pet names and forehead kisses and hand holding. And he loves being scratched all over. So most of the time he's here, that's what I'm doing. So when Desiree called him a hobosexual, I laughed and I told her no, that I think I'm actually dating a koala cub because he's literally always attached to my side. Like I, my arms were, I think, exhausted from scratching him so much the last three days. But all of this got me thinking about how much of a mess I was a few years ago. And I know sometimes I sound like a broken record on here about therapy and my journey and how far I've come. But I do think it's really important to hear whether you're dating married and especially if you're single to know that it is possible to gradually evolve into a more stable person if you're dealing with insecurities from the past or feeling a little crazy when it comes to dating and relationships. Now, if I was in the same situation with this guy a few years ago, I would have already been in love with him just based on him being affectionate and spending so much time with me. He even mentioned that his parents and a couple of his friends know about me, which to me would have been a huge deal years ago. But now I know it's really not a big deal because a lot of people have different levels of communication with their family and friends and they share different things. So to me, it's not a big deal anymore. But definitely in the past, I would have been like, oh my God, like he told his parents about me. Like this is amazing, you know, whatever. And it's just not it. And all of that stuff is fun and great, and it keeps you engaged and wanting more and wanting to see where things go. But we all know the actions that I've mentioned are literally the bare minimum and not the only things that you should be paying attention to if you're looking for a long-term and quality partner. I've been in several very similar situations before, and I've always fallen head over heels because I was getting attention and affection and mistook that for love. Because at that point in my life, I so badly wanted to be in a relationship and was willing to settle for anyone who checked off a few mediocre boxes. The guy that I always talk about who was the reason that I started therapy was a perfect example of that. He would change his work schedule to be with me. He always wanted to spend a ton of time with me. He told his mom and friends about me like significant stuff. Like it wasn't just like, oh yeah, I'm seeing this girl. No, it was fully like, I mean, his mom would like be like, tell her I said, Hey, like all this shit. And he would always say and do very sweet things. He was very charming. 
And at the end of the day, the weight and value of his actions were nowhere near the level that I thought that they were. So I was like totally blown away when the whole thing just kind of fell apart and didn't work out. And I don't know why we do this to ourselves. I'm sure part of it goes back to the statement I made a few episodes back about society's obsession with Hollywood and movies and TV shows. They romanticize so much like the whole love should have a dose of pain and you have to fight for it and all that bullshit. And honestly, I think they overly romanticize the little things too, like forehead kisses and all the other bullshit that I kind of mentioned before that are simply just really sweet gestures that we end up reading into. And I hear it every day from people about the emphasis on these trivial or low importance things. Like just because you both watch The Office and dip pizza and ranch and both like physical attention and have decent sex doesn't mean that you're a match. Sometimes you just have to take things at face value and not read into them so much, especially when it's so early on. This new guy, I'm just going to call him Koala to make it easy. So Koala mentioned to me this week how I was so chill and he likes just vibing with me because there's no pressure or rushing. We're just having a good time and enjoying each other's company when we're together and taking it day to day and at face value. At one point, we started talking about general dating issues that we've come across either personally or seen our friends go through. And we both agreed that there are a lot of people who are doing what we've been doing, like the whole playing house thing. And everyone starts analyzing these things and wanting to know the terms or the labels or the jealousy starts bubbling up. And... I have an acquaintance who's been kind of going through this. She's been dating a guy for close to three months now. But during month one, she started to have the what are we talk with him. And she's been struggling with her own trust issues and insecurities and fears of moving forward with this guy. But I explained that I personally thought that it was way too soon to have that conversation at one month in when they were still both actively on dating apps. And he said that he wasn't necessarily looking for a relationship when they first met. So now that they've made it to month three and have ironed out some of the things and they're not on the dating apps anymore, the underlying trust issues and fears are still there for her. And when she was talking to me one day about it, I asked her what specifically would make her feel more secure in this because a lot of people rush to get the label, but realistically the label doesn't matter these days. Like there's husbands and wives that cheat on each other. Like it doesn't matter. Nothing's really sacred anymore. You know, actions definitely speak louder than words and titles in my opinion. So her response to me was that she wants him to tell her that he loves her. And I was like, ma'am, three months is entirely too soon for that. And this is coming from someone who is a love addicted psycho and was in love with a different person every fucking day. And she wholeheartedly disagreed. And she said that she believes that people can know that they're in love in that period of time. But I think sometimes we misconstrue compatibility and having love for someone or loving some of their qualities for actually being in love. So my best advice to those who feel anxious in casual situations, or if you feel yourself trying to rush into something to get a label or define things, or you put so much emphasis on the small gestures, ask yourself why you're feeling the way that you're feeling and what specific actions or things will make you feel more calm and secure in whatever situation you're in, whether it's a just situation ship, a fuck buddy, a long-term relationship. It's all the same. You have to figure out what is making you feel the way you're feeling? Like if you're anxious, why are you feeling anxious? Is it because you were cheated on and you're fearful that the new person that you're dating is going to do that? Are you afraid that they're lying to you and not giving you the whole truth? Like, I mean, there's a million things that it could be. 
but don't rush into something to get a label or to put a temporary band-aid on something that needs to be addressed in the bigger picture. Also, don't forget to communicate with your partner. Cause I had said to her at one point, I was like, I feel like you should be saying this shit to him, not to me, you know? And I personally don't think that there's anything wrong with saying, Hey, here are some things I'm feeling right now in this situationship, relationship, whatever. And I don't know why I'm feeling this way. And it's not personal. It's stuff that I am doing my best to work through, but it would be helpful if we discussed X, Y, Z, or I'm feeling a little insecure about this. Can you just help me, you know, get to a better place or whatever the case is. And if having that type of conversation makes you uncomfortable, then you either shouldn't be pursuing things with that person, or you just really need to work on yourself first. And like I always say, start therapy if you haven't, and really dive deep into figuring out what's wrong. Like I said before, my ex of 10, well, on and off for 10 years, he was a pathological liar. He was bipolar. He was an alcoholic. He cheated on me. He had PTSD. I'm pretty sure he was borderline schizophrenic. So I went through a fuck ton of things with him. And that was the start of my demise with my relationship with all future guys that I had met prior to me starting therapy. Now that I'm in therapy, I can address and figure out what actions and what things have happened to make me feel a certain way. And realistically, I know that just because one person made me feel a certain way doesn't mean that all of these other people are going to do that as well. Because also too, I feel like a lot of people have insecurities and traumas from past relationships and they expect their partners to change who they are or adapt to them to make them feel comfortable. And yes, your partner shouldn't deliberately do things to make you feel shitty or anxious or question your relationship, but it's also your responsibility to correct your behavior too. I see too many people just being like, well, this is how I am. I was hurt. And you know, you just have to deal with it. That's absolutely bullshit. That's absolute bullshit. It's not their responsibility because they're another person in this relationship with you as well. So if you think that way, you have no business dating, in my opinion. You need to work through your shit and not put all of that on the other partner. Because like I said, your partner should be supportive in helping you get through things and making you feel comfortable. But it's not their job to completely change who they are to fix you. That's not it. All right, guys, I'm going to wrap up this episode. But before I go, I want to mention that I'm now an affiliate with a company called Bijou Indiscreets. They are a woman-owned and led company of intimate wellness founded on the notion that when you feel good, you enjoy twice as much. They have an array of products from sex toys, lubes, Kegel balls, libido supplements, and they even have a few crystal dildos if you're into quartz and jade crystals. They're giving all of my listeners 20% off their purchase with the code DIRTY20. So make sure you click the link in my Instagram bio to take advantage of this amazing offer. If you don't follow me on Instagram, go follow me. It's Dirty Blondes Pod on Instagram and pretty much all social. Also, I have a new guest who will be on the show soon. Her name is Megan Gallagher. She is a 26-year-old, two-time TEDx speaker, four-time best-selling author, on-camera host, blogger, and mental health advocate. Her and I had a little Zoom call not too long ago, and her and I have kind of similar dating history and stories. So it's going to be a really fun and great episode. Also, Desiree is coming back for another episode in her series. We're going to be discussing our hot takes on choosing to be child free. So stay tuned for that as well. All right, guys. Love you. Talk soon. Bye.